Welcome to the Agent Survival Guide Podcast, a podcast for today's insurance agents. Informing, educating, empowering, improving the way you do business in an industry that's anything but static. In today's episode, we are proud to bring you the full audio for Ritter Insurance Marketing's 2019 State of the Senior Market presentation. For a little background, the ASG podcast is a free podcast brought to you by Ritter Insurance Marketing. Ritter is a leading field marketing organization, or FMO for short, in the senior health and life insurance market. Each year, our company's president, Craig Ritter, holds this webinar, which is open to all agents around the country, whether they are Ritter agents or not. And it's a great snapshot of the industry at the present moment. This year, Craig discussed enrollment stats, industry trends, predictions for 2019, and changes coming in 2020, just to name a few. We hope you enjoy his presentation. Craig, take it away. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to our 2019 State of the Senior Insurance Market presentation. My name is Craig Ritter. I'll be your host today. I'm the president of Ritter Insurance Marketing. Uh, This is uh, a lot of information we have for you today, so I'm very excited to share some updates. I'll go over uh, our agenda in just a second. This is kind of our play on the State of the Union address, so I'll try to keep it uh, shorter than our president try to keep it around one hour, Uh, but I'm I'm hopeful that you'll get a lot of valuable information out of our time together, and I do greatly appreciate the time that you spent uh, to join me today. So without further ado, we'll get started. So this is uh, just some uh, bullet points uh, on our agenda for this afternoon. I'm going to start with the year in review at Ritter Insurance Marketing, and then get into... uh, I kind of switched it up a little bit. In the past, I put the regulatory and compliance and legislation at the end of the presentation, but I think I'd rather catch you while you're fresh. So I moved it up to uh, number two. We'll do regulation and legislation and compliance. Then I'm going to share enrollment stats for 2019 uh, for actually the full year uh, 2018 for the AEP just ended and even share some insights into the first couple months of 2019 and then we'll finish up with some major industry trends. So we'll start uh, with the year at Ritter. Just some numbers on the production that the agents uh, on this call and the agents around the country have done with Ritter Insurance Marketing this past year. Uh, So for the full year over 32 million in Medicare supplement premium uh, which is up slightly uh, in 2018. 63,000 uh, plus Medicare Advantage enrollments for the full year. That's actually down 4% in 2018. In 2017, we did have a huge uh, disruption, uh, which kind of skewed the numbers by about 9,000 enrollments in 2017. So I also included a, a number there, the 20% over two years. So we do have a nice. compound uh, growth rate, but we did have a a nice anomaly, I would say, in 2017 where we had a massive uh, disruption um, in uh, the uh, mid-Atlantic states. And then for uh, finishing up with Medicare PDP Part D, um, 84,000 plus enrollments for the full year of 2018, uh, which was up 45%. um, just a tremendous result, so thanks everyone for that for that amazing uh, statistic, and up 15% in the past two years. So, typically with uh, Part D, you know we we do see some ups and downs as products get competitive or less competitive. So, we did have a fantastic uh, uh, full year for 2018, and primarily the the, the prior AEP uh, was what drove that uh, 45% increase. So moving on, uh, this is just looking at this past AEP. So not the full year, but this is only one 119 effective. So for seven and a half weeks, uh, you can see the see the statistics there. Uh, almost 40,000, pushing 40,000 AEP enrollments in seven and a half weeks is an amazing result, which was up 20% uh, over 2018's AEP. Uh, Part D was not up quite as much, but still we had growth, 
33,000 plus uh, AEP uh, PDP enrollments. So adding those together, over 72,000 applications were submitted just on Medicare Advantage and Part D uh, during the seven and a half week uh, annual enrollment period. So congratulations on great results there. A little bit about uh, Ritter, we did add uh, 30 new employees in 2018, which brings our headcount uh, as of the end of last year to about 190. Uh, we continue to operate out of three locations in Harrisburg, and then we also have regional offices in Atlanta, um, in uh, Arizona, New York, Nebraska, and Idaho. Uh, we recently, uh, I say recently, it was about a year ago, acquired a new building for Harrisburg and our projected move-in date is April of 2019 so we're about 60 days from making the move to our new office. Uh, we will be having an open house uh, not in April but once we get settled in in early May uh, so you'll probably be seeing an invite for that in the near future. Wanted to share a couple pictures with you of the new building so we're very excited about this. This is from the uh, from the outside uh, three-story, uh, approximately 90,000 square foot uh, office. We're going to occupy the top two floors. Uh, we did get over today about uh, an hour and a half ago and took a couple pictures of the inside I want to share with you. Uh, so this is the licensing new business BSU area. So you can see already the cubicles are going in to that space and then you can see the they're working on them right now. And then another uh, shot there that you can see the uh, completed cubicles kind of what they look like so we're very excited about the new space and we look forward to welcoming you in May um, if you're able to join us. So a little bit on new contracts that we uh, we signed uh, for for um, agents to market in uh, 2018 uh, for this past AEP. Uh, one was Lasso Healthcare, which is a Medicare MSA plan available in 17 states statewide uh, across the United States. It's a unique product that really hasn't been offered for about 10 years. Uh, so we brought Lasso Healthcare to market and also Bright Health, which is another startup. They actually started in uh, 2017, uh, began in the ACA market, um, worked in some of the western states, Colorado primarily in Arizona. Um, and then in this past AEP, they worked in uh, New York City. So those are our two additions. We had no terminations. As far as plans that we're looking at for 2020, I can't uh, divulge any details right now, but we are talking to a couple. Typically, we like to add one or two plans that are strategic in certain markets that have good opportunities for agents um, to be able to uh, help their members with, uh, with good plans, good networks, and great value. So we're looking at that for, uh, for 2020. So this is the, uh, I'm not, I won't read this slide to you, it's uh, all the carriers that we have available uh, for Medicare Advantage and for Medicare Part D. Uh, it actually did shrink a little bit uh, based on some, uh, on some mergers. Um, but those are all the, all the carriers we have. If there's an asterisk next to the name, then that means that we are the top of hierarchy and the FMO for that contract. So, uh, so for the vast majority, I think all, all but one, uh, Ritter does, is the top of hierarchy. And moving on to Medicare Supplement. We've been very selective in adding new Medicare Supplement plans in the last several years, you can see in 2013, we actually added five. Um, since then, we've only added four. So in the last five years, we've, we've, only, we've added less than we did in, in 2013. So we've really been highly selective. I think that's been a good, uh, a good course for us, a good course for our agents and your clients. Um, but we're very happy with our existing portfolio. I'll share with you the carriers that we represent for Medicare Supplement. I'll leave that up for a second. And moving on, I want to talk to you a little bit about our year in technology. So first I want to talk to you about our CMS approved uh, consumer facing website, medicareful.com. Um, we did do um, a, a large addition to the number of enrollment opportunities in 2018. 
That was really primarily our effort for Medicareful was to expand the number of companies that you're able to enroll with. So you can see we started out, um, well, about two and a half years ago uh, with just two PDP carriers. Um, and then in 2017, we went to, uh, we added Medicare Advantage. We had five Medicare Advantage and then four of those uh, plans were uh, Part D plans. And then this past year, we more than doubled the number of opportunities. So six PDPs and 12 MA carriers. Uh, new for 2018, I'll highlight Capital, Blue Cross, Clover, Envision RX, Health Now, Highmark, Lasso, United Healthcare, and Vibra. Uh, so those are the plans that we've we've added. We actually have three in that are in testing right now. So we'll be at, hopefully adding three more rather quickly in 2019. We also added a pretty unique plan comparison tool, which allows you to take up to three plans and uh, lay them side by side. So your consumer, your uh, client, or your prospect can see um, each of the benefits of a Medicare Advantage plan side by side and you can email that uh, that link to your customer. Also we did some validation uh, improvements around our enrollment form um, and added some more features for um, ensuring that your enrollment is complete and compliant. So I just wanted to list out the, uh, I won't read this list, but wanted to list out all of the opportunities that we have currently uh, with uh, Medicareful for, for enrollment and you can see the the legacy ones that we've had in uh, we had in 2017 and then who we've added in 2018 but this is the the complete lineup um, of all the plans that you can enroll. You can enroll um, of course HMOs and PPOs, PDPs uh, and uh, dual special needs plans so DSNPs. So a little bit about the growth I mean we've seen Tremendous growth. It'll be uh, the next slide. Kind of will give you a graphic view of it. Um, but we've seen, seen increases across the board. Not so much even in the number of agents that have been um, have had uh, gotten a, a Medicareful page in 2018. That was just a 34 uh, percent increase. But we have seen a huge increase in the number of agents that have submitted at least one enrollment. So two and a half times, 150 percent growth. Uh, for the number of agents that have used the uh, Medicareful to submit an app, and even even higher than that, 300% growth uh, in the number of applications that were submitted through Medicareful in uh, in the 2019 AEP versus the 2018 AEP. Uh, we looked at some numbers year to date. Uh, so I looked at the first two months so far of of uh, 2019, and we're see still seeing that 300% increase. So we've already processed over 2,000 applications just since January 1st versus about 500, a little over 500 applications um, in 2017. So we are, I'm sorry, 2018. So we are continuing to see that quadrupling of, uh, of enrollments. And it's really driven not so much by the number of new agents, but more by agents that are using the product over and over again. So what we're finding is that once agents begin to use the product, they continue using it, and in a lot of cases, they don't want to do anything else. So, uh, so that's always a great, uh, a great validation of, uh, of a great product. This is a chart that's going to show you um, the last three years of enrollment. So <clears throat> the green, kind of the green bar at the bottom shows you the um, shows you the 2016 enrollment for the first annual enrollment period. So we did about 250. Um, that went up over uh, 3,000 to about 3,500, the blue line for 2017. And in 2018, over 13,000 enrollments through Medicareful. So thank you very much for that. And uh, just uh, um, as a side note, you'll see kind of on the left, in 18, we did 324 applications. And in uh, 2019, that number is north of 1,000. So we're still continuing to see uh, great growth with, uh, with your use. So we're hoping that you enjoy using it. If you haven't had an opportunity to try it, definitely try it out. Um, and we think you're going to uh, enjoy using it so much that you're not going to want to submit your business any other way. I call this a, kind of our best kept secret. Um, it's, a, it's a website that is 
tied to or is associated with Medicareful. It's called Medicareful Living. Um, it's a blog that we uh, that our copywriters write our own proprietary content for, and it's available to every agent that has a Medicareful page. It's a great source for you to be able to um, stay in touch with your existing customers, to nurture leads, uh, to use with uh, affinity partners. Maybe you work with uh, a CPA firm or a law firm or a group agency, um, a physician's group, a physician's office or hospital, and you want to provide content for them to give to their clients or, or patients or members. Um, so our proprietary content is a great way for you to stay in front of of these uh, of your own clients of your of your existing lead base or even of members or customers of a third party that you have a, a relationship with so uh, we've done over 300 articles they're not all on Medicare so they're about healthy living they're about diet exercise um, and just general senior social issues so it's a very uh, diverse uh, format um, we have seen some great growth, actually year to date. Uh, I looked at some, our analytics for 2019, and our number of users in 2019 has grown over a thousand percent. So 11 times the number of users in 2018. So so far this year, we're up over 20,000 users. So I think that's just a great testament to the job that the copywriters are doing uh, with the content. It kind of validates the the quality of what we're putting out there and something that's available for you to use to be able to grow your practice. So I want to talk a little bit um, futuristically, uh, some things that we're working on currently and some things that are, are happening in the future. So we do have our current um, version of Medicare full in, in review, uh, compliance review. Uh, this is version seven. There's really kind of two relatively small enhancements, but I think one is, uh, well, I think both are very significant and kind of get back to the use of Medicareful for lead generation and business building as opposed to just a tool to make enrollment a lot easier for you. Um, so one is that we're adding a quick lead capture page to Medicareful so that when your customer uh, does put in their zip code and hit submit, it does ask to collect um, their name and phone number and uh, email address. This by regulation, um, by CMS regulation, must be optional. So it is optional for them to fill it out. If they just click get quotes, then they're going to they're going to go directly to the quotes. They don't have to put their information in and that's CMS doesn't actually allow you to force someone to give you information to provide them with a quote. Uh, so it is compliant in that regard. Um, the other thing is, if you do go back to the page, it's not going. The pop-up's not going to happen every time, so it only happens once per session. So we didn't want to make it so um, onerous on the Medicare beneficiary that every time they adjust their quote, they get a new uh, a new lead page. It only happens one time. Um, so when you think kind of about the um, the growth that we're seeing in the Medicare for Living blog with the opportunities to be able to drive traffic to the website um, through our proprietary content. And then having this lead capture form, we think it's a game changer for Medicareful to transform it from an enrollment tool really to a marketing tool as well. Uh, the other thing we're gonna do, which is kind of um, in line with the lead capture form, is we're adding a link to the Medicareful blog to the main page of your Medicareful page. Um, I didn't explain, maybe I should back up for those maybe not quite as familiar with it. We do uh, create a unique page for each agent. So um, the page is filed with CMS. It's a CMS approved multi-plan website, but we also um, are able to customize it for each individual agent. And that way when a member or when a customer enrolls on your Medicareful page, um, the commission goes to, goes to you. So we track it through our agency CRM to know your agent writing number, your certification status, what states that you're currently licensed in, what states you're appointed in with which carriers, and then the, the green enrollment button only uh, appears when you are licensed, certified, and appointed for that company for that state. Uh, next, I wanna to talk to you about version eight that's coming later this year before AEP. 
three, uh, three kind of three primary things, uh, a newer, more modern look and feel to it. Uh, we're going to be adding logos, so uh, the carrier logos will be added in this version, so we're super excited about that. Just adding those logos makes it so, such a, makes the, the site pop so much, so we're, we're very excited about that. It sounds like a small thing, but when you look at it, it's just like, to like night and day. Uh, so we're excited to add the logos. Uh, we're also going to be adding uh, a login for your, for your um, users. So if they do want to log into Medicareful, uh, they'll have the opportunity to do so. Um, right off the bat, the first thing that we're going to do with this, I mean, once you, once you are able to authenticate a user, um, it really opens up uh, so many opportunities of ways that you can serve them better. Uh, but one of the things we're, we're going to do in the first uh, iteration of the consumer login is allow the, the customer to um, input their prescription drugs, their preferred doctors, uh, their preferred hospital, and their preferred pharmacy. Um, so really kind of a, a time-saving tool for you uh, to be able to collect that information from your customer in a secure way and in a compliant way um, and then store it for you for not just this year but for future years as well. Um, so we're very excited about that. Also in the future um, when you when you do have authentication you are able to do things like pre-populate uh, scopes of appointment and pre-populate enrollment forms. Um, so we're very excited about the possibilities to be able to not only have the consumer um, come to, to Medicareful and put in their information kind of anonymously, but also to be able to customize that experience for your customer um, so that when they're authenticated, we would be able to pre-populate the enrollment form. So not something that we're going to do. That, that piece is, is um, not something we're looking at for current AEP, but just uh, having the ability to be able to do so is, is, is the point there. Uh, we're also going to continue to um, look for more enrollment opportunities. As I mentioned earlier, we do have three that are in testing right now, so we're looking to add four to six new MA or PDP enrollment opportunities. And finally, kind of along the, uh, the consumer uh, login and uh, basically account creation um, that you would be able to do with your Medicareful page would be creating a new agent CRM backend so that you can view your customer's information. So being able to view the PCPs and the, and the, uh, the hospitals and the prescriptions that, you're, that your customers are, are using. All right, and I think finally I wanted to highlight our agent survival guide. Um, this is an agent-facing blog. We, we um, do our own proprietary content for sales and marketing tips, educational tips compliance, uh, market trends, a lot of the information even that I'm talking to you about today, uh, we keep on the ASG. Uh, we also have a discussion board where you can talk with us or you can talk with other agents. Uh, you can discuss the, the topics that we raise. Uh, we did see uh, basically a tripling of our users in 2018 for the full year. So we, did, we had over 80,000 users and we had over 200,000 page views. Um, actually, that increase is accelerating in 2019, so we're happy to see that. Uh, we had saw a 250% increase in the number of users in the first two months so far of 2019. So uh, already 50,000 page views, uh, well on pace to exceed our, our 200,000 for 2018. So um, again, you can kind of um, Look at, the, uh, look at the results, look at the growth of that, and we think we've got a very valuable tool for you. Um, not just you know, counting page views and so forth, but really helping our agents to understand the issues and to have some discussions around them. So I'm gonna take a quick drink and then uh, we'll jump to regulatory legislation and compliance. The first uh, kind of first major change that you're seeing right now is the, uh, came from the 21st Century Cures Act and that created uh, a, a new enrollment opportunity called the OEP, Open Enrollment Period, and also OEP New uh, for members after their initial coverage election or initial election period. 
Uh, so the OEP actually replaced the MADP, which was the Medicare Advantage disenrollment period, lasts for uh, three months. So it's we're currently in the OEP. It ends on March 31st. Um, if your if your client does uh, elect the OEP enrollment, then their coverage is effective the first day of the following month. Also, the Cures Act will allow enrollment by end-stage renal disease patients into Medicare Advantage. That doesn't start in 2020, but that will start in 2021. Uh, next is MACRA. Um, two things I wanted to highlight here and maybe get a, into a little bit of depth on the Medicare supplement side, but it did create a new Medicare beneficiary identification number. So we did away with the HICN, uh, which was kind of a derivation of the Social Security number. Uh, so MACRA did uh, mandate that Medicare would be getting rid of the Social Security number um, by January 1st of 2020. Uh, so by April of this year, so just a couple months down the road, all Medicare beneficiaries should now have a MBI or Medicare beneficiary identifier. Um, and they will still be able to use either their HICN or their MBI through the end of 2019. But starting in 2020, the only number that Medicare or providers really will recognize is the MBI. So the HICN will be uh, gone forever as of January 1st of 2020. The other thing MACRA did was made changes to uh, Medigap. So uh, starting um, with, it actually starts before the end of this year, um, because if you have a member who is enrolling in a Medicare supplement plan, let's say in October, for a January 1st, 2020 effective, this would impact them. So this is probably going to be something that you'll be seeing in the next three to six months. Um, we've been talking about it for years, it seems like we have, I guess. Um, but the uh, but we're kind of right around the corner from, uh, from seeing the impact on the Medigap market. So what this did is it made it, um, I guess, illegal um, for a Medicare beneficiary who, who um, attains their um, eligibility for Medicare A and B uh, on or after January 1st of 2020 to sign up for a Plan F. So it's really first dollar coverage um, that, is, that is being restricted uh, for this group of Medicare beneficiaries. Um, the, the impact, interesting, I've got some theories we can talk about, um, but for this group, um, so the newly eligible say, um, Plan G will now become the guaranteed issue plan and will also become the open enrollment default plan. Plan F will still be available um, for all Medicare beneficiaries who um, gained entitlement to Medicare A and B before January 1st, 2020. Uh, so we're kind of theorizing about what will happen with the market. Um, give you kind of some thoughts on this. Um, one thing we expect to see is that Plan F may become more competitive because it is no longer the open enrollment option. Um, and, well, actually, let me back up a step. So there are kind of three groups of, three groups of people uh, that could join Medicare uh, supplement plans. You have your underwritten cohort. Typically, their loss ratio is in the, is in the 60s, you know, high 50s, low 60s. Then you have your uh, open enrollment, so folks that are just gaining entitlement to Medicare A and B and their loss ratio is typically in the 90 to 100 range. And then you have guaranteed issue, which is people who are losing their employer group, people who are moving outside of their service area, uh, people who are disenrolled from a Medicare Advantage plan due to plan termination. Um, this group typically, the loss ratio is well north of 100%. So uh, Medicare supplement carriers are really uh, looking for underwritten business, um, you know, they'll, certainly they'll take all business, but um, the uh, underwritten business tends to be uh, a lower loss ratio. So with Plan F not being the default open enrollment plan, you know, some theorize that Plan F could become more competitive because um, it's not getting that uh, high loss ratio business. Um, so we, we're kind of interested to see what carriers are going to do. Um, 
We're actually going to do some interviews uh, in a few months to talk to some carriers about kind of what their plans are for the for the macro changes. One idea I had is that Plan N might become um, even more popular on a go-forward basis uh, after 2020, and the reason is that Plan G and Plan F are kind of uh, are kind of aligned. They're linked in the regard that the only difference is the uh, Part B uh, deductible difference. So if you have guaranteed issue and open enrollment business going into Plan G, that might cause the Plan G rates to rise uh, a little bit more than Plan F. But since Plan F is, from a, from a benefit perspective, tightly linked to Plan G, uh, you may not be able to, to lower your, your Plan F rate as much as you want. So one of the ideas I have is maybe Plan N is going to become a very popular plan in the future. So I'm kind of theorizing, you know, thinking about like what all the possibilities are. Um, but I certainly think it's going to be interesting and going to create a lot of opportunities uh, to educate Medicare beneficiaries about the macro changes and what that might mean. Um, and in the meantime, certainly give you many opportunities to be able to competitively quote their Medicare supplement plans. Uh, this slide is... Uh, uh, for Medicare Advantage reimbursement rates, I know a lot of numbers, a lot of numbers on this slide, but kind of want to draw your attention to the to the bottom line in red, and that's the uh, expected change. So, kind of what you see um, the final um, reimbursement change for 2018. So, kind of two seasons ago, was 0.45. Um, the advance notice in 2019 was about 1.8%, but by the time the 2019 final rates came out, that was bumped the whole way up to 3.4. So, um, so the final rate in 2019 was almost 3% higher than 2018. Um, I'll get into this, I think, a little bit later in trends, but the large increase in the Medicare Advantage reimbursement rate in 2019 was one of the drivers for growth in Medicare Advantage that we saw this last AEP. Uh, the 2020 advance notice did come out um, a couple weeks ago, I think, uh, a few weeks ago. And once again, you see that the proposed rate is about 1.6%, um, significantly lower than the final rate from, uh, from 2019. But pretty much in line with what the advance notice was in 2019. So you really don't know until the, um, until the final numbers come out. Uh, the rebasing number doesn't come out, so that's typically 50 basis points uh, right there. So kind of our projection is we think it's going to be, be around two and a quarter to two and a half percent, which would be, I think, a reasonable increase for, for Medicare Advantage for 2020. But we don't get that number until April 1st uh, of this year. So we'll know that number in about four or five weeks. Some more regulatory changes. Um, CMS renamed uh, the Medicare Marketing Guidelines. We used to call it the, the MMG. Now it's the MCMG. So a little bit more of a mouthful, but it's the Medicare Communication and marketing guidelines. Uh, one of the main things it did was it moved a lot of materials that typically had to be filed and approved by CMS as marketing materials and made them communications. So a communication does not need to be filed with CMS whereas a marketing material does. So it vastly reduced the amount of material that CMS has to review. Um, it made some, some other changes um, in ways that you can market. For example, in healthcare settings, you can now uh, market in a waiting room uh, before that was prohibited. Uh, you can also um, do a better job, I think, of marketing with educational events. Used to be you couldn't collect scopes, you couldn't collect permission to contact, and you couldn't hand out your business card unless somebody specifically requested it from you. Uh, but now at educational events, you can do all those activities. So we really feel that educational events have become a way of marketing, whereas before it was really very difficult to do any type of marketing with an educational event. So very significant change. Also in the 2019 final rule, there was a change to um, enrollment periods for dual uh, eligible individuals 
and LIS eligible individuals. Uh, so previously they were in a continuous special election period or SEP. Um, now it's limited to once per quarter for the first nine months. And if they make an election in the fourth quarter, it would be effective on 1-1 one, one, uh, of the following calendar year. So, so they still would get um, four elections uh, during uh, or up to four elections uh, during the course of the year, um, but uh, only one per calendar quarter. And just for example, it's based on the date of enrollment. So if you took an enrollment for a DSNP uh, eligible individual, uh, say March 15th, and the uh, product was effective on April 1st, so it would be effective in the second quarter, but you took the app in the first quarter, that would actually count as a first quarter enrollment, not, and it wouldn't burn the second quarter um, enrollment opportunity for that uh, duly eligible individual. Uh, finally, I want to talk for a minute about the health insurance tax. Um, this is a tax from the ACA uh, that's levied on all insurers. Um, it's uh, based on current uh, legislation. It's going to expire at the end of this year. Uh, so one of the reasons you saw such a, a marked improvement in Medicare Advantage benefits in 2019 was the ta what they, we call the tax holiday uh, of the health insurer's tax. So since that went away for 2019, companies were able to put more into their benefits and or lower their premiums. Um, under current legislation, there's no, um, there's no holiday for 2020. Um, and based on kind of actuarial data, it's considered to be approximately a $20 per month hit either to the benefits and or to the premium. So um, if there is no hit tax holiday for 2020, uh, then it will, um, you know, you would expect about a $20 degradation in, in uh, plan design. It doesn't hit not-for-profits um, either at all or as severely as it does for profit. So that's kind of how the impact, it's, it's not an equal impact across every company. It really depends on the tax status of the, of the health plan. So now we get into uh, some, some numbers. The next uh, few slides, we're gonna have a lot, of, uh, uh, a lot of numbers and percentages. So I'll try not to, try not to uh, get you too cross-eyed looking at some of these slides. First of all, I, I only look at the individual, primarily I'm looking at the individual MA and PDP markets. Um, when I do my um, enrollment analysis at looking at plans, I try to redact all the employer plans, which are kind of the, the what I call the 800 series uh, plans. So to try to get that out of the, um, out of the numbers, uh, so you can kind of see a true view of what's really happening in the individual market. Uh, for example, a health plan could enroll state retirees in a particular state, and that could drive their enrollment number statewide. Um, but it's really not an opportunity for independent agents uh, selling individual Medicare Advantage plans um, to, to be able to participate in that. So whenever I run my numbers, I try to, uh, I try to uh, segregate out the group stuff. And you can see it's pretty significant. Um, so this is just top-line growth numbers um, by individual MA, individual PDP, and then all employer plans, which include um, both Medicare Advantage and Medicare Part D uh, employer group plans. You can see that uh, consistent growth in the individual MA business, 7% per year, uh, every single year. Uh, the trending for um, the individual PDP has been kind of the the growth rate has been lowering and it's actually lowered to zero in uh, in 2019 and these are year over year uh, comparisons so this isn't just AEP this is for the full year and then you can see the growth in employer plans is continuing but at a lower rate so the kind of the consistent grower has been individual Medicare Advantage with a very healthy seven percent uh, growth every single year or every year well, for the last three years. So now I go kind of uh, dive a little bit deeper, and this is uh, looking at Medicare Advantage enrollment growth uh, by parent. So, uh, and then I look at it two different ways. 
So if you keep in mind the 7%, which is kind of the baseline growth of the Medicare Advantage market for the full year, uh, you'll see the change year over year. Uh, and that kind of corresponds to the 7% um, yardstick. And then I also have just the change for AEP. So it kind of gives you a feel for the longer term growth within the plan. And then you can see the impact of the current plan designs um, kind of as they were reflected through this past annual enrollment period. Uh, so not going to kind of go through every single one here. Just, um, you know, call out that uh, uh, we did we did merge uh, CVS and Aetna into one plan. So for, uh, for the Medicare Advantage uh, space, they had a, a nice growth both year over year and also for the uh, annual enrollment period. And I'll switch to the next slide and just kind of give you a second. So these are kind of the smaller players. Um, these are all the parent companies that uh, Ritter Insurance Marketing represents. I think I got them all there. So this is a this is a new slide. I came kind of I had a feeling this um, and it, I, I didn't have the numbers to back it up, but um, just looking at the plan designs back in July of uh, of 2018, I thought that the LPPO products looked particularly uh, particularly attractive. Uh, so I kind of had a thought of, uh, you know, looking at that, looking at those growth rates and not just looking at it by parent, but maybe looking at it by type of product because really the dominant individual Medicare Advantage product historically has been the HMO product. Um, and it's still, and that's still the case today. It's still the vast majority of all Medicare Advantage is an HMO. But when I looked at the plan designs last July, um, I really, I was really kind of shocked at or, or impressed by the the improvement in the PPO or and specifically the LPPO or local PPO um, product design. So I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into the enrollment data. Um, so this is only one month. This isn't year over year. So it's this isn't the seven percent seven percent number, but this is um, I think a smaller number, like maybe two percent. Um, would be kind of your yardstick baseline growth. Um, and you can see that um, even in terms of absolute numbers, the local PPO uh, grew over 500,000 members. Um, so grew from 2.7 to almost 3.3 million um, uh, members in the LPPO plan design, 20% growth. And if you look at traditional HMO, Still significant growth, right? It was uh, what uh, 300 and 380,000, uh, so still a significant number. But not only in percentage terms, but also in absolute terms, the LPPO outperformed the HMO. And I think this is the—I have to look back and look at it—but I'm, I'm almost positive that that's this is the first time in many, many years that that's happened. So kind of bore out my. Uh, uh, bore out uh, some of my some of my thinking. You can see the RPPO actually shrank. Um, the uh, cost plans you'll see on the uh, sixth line down. Uh, that was a major change in 2019, uh, where um, in counties where there were I think two or three network-based plans, that cost plans were no longer allowed to be offered, and that caused a significant reduction in that. So you see the 65% reduction in the cost plans. So now we're going to get into PDP growth by parent. Uh, you can see um, CVS Health holds on to the number one, uh, CVS Health Aetna I guess, holds on to the number one ranking. Um, you can see the top three plans all experience some small reductions in their individual PDP. Um, stark numbers you'll see there, well care, and Cigna ESI. Um, WellCare did acquire uh, Aetna's PDP business, so that was added to um, the proprietary WellCare PDP business, and there you see over 200% growth uh, in WellCare's individual PDP, and then um, Express Scripts uh, was acquired by Cigna, so the kind of the merger of ESI and Cigna 
resulted in a doubling of the uh, of the Cigna individual PDP. Interesting thing you can see um, all all the parents uh, Envision uh, was number six with almost six hundred thousand and significant growth in the PDP market. Keep in mind that. Uh, the, the PDP market really didn't grow at all um, in uh, or 2018, 2019 over 2018. Uh, so kind of any kind of growth is is kind of coming from some someone else. Basically, it's kind of all all shifting around. Uh, but 26% growth for Envision, and then the bottom uh, 27 or 28 plans, uh, 27 plans, 1.3 million. So. You can see the top five plans individually have more membership than the bottom 27, which is, I think, interesting. Then I looked at some data. This is a little bit harder to get to. Um, I did pick about 18 states, some of the bigger states, uh, so I'm not going to go over every single one. And I apologize in advance if I didn't get your state, um, but this is, a, this is a pretty complex spreadsheet that we put together uh, to try to filter out employer group, to try to look at um, enrollment on a plan by plan basis and then kind of roll it all up uh, to the parent and then and then look at the overall enrollment gains and losses by state. Uh, so you can kind of see, I mean, if you're in the market, you probably know this, probably just kind of validates what you already know. Uh, but you can see, you know, certain states I thought interesting, um, Indiana, virtually every plan grew, you know, it was, it isn't always the case that the business has to come from another plan um, for, for other plans to grow. Um, in some case, like rising tide raises all boats, I suppose. So Indiana was one of those unique states where almost nobody lost, almost nobody lost business, but it was pretty well distributed uh, among the kind of the big four Medicare Advantage players. I kind of called out Minnesota. Um, not sure on, on, I mean, I'm not 100% sure on some of these numbers. I think they're think they're correct. I kind of did some uh, did some additional um, validation on these numbers, but that's really a, a reflection of the loss of the cost plans. Uh, New Jersey was another state where virtually nobody lost business. Everybody gained, which is uh, interesting. So the I have the gainers and losers by state, and in some states there were no losers. So, <laughs> and finally, uh, New York. Ohio, Pennsylvania, you can see the parents that that had the greatest enrollment growth and the and the uh, and any plans that might have had a drop in enrollment. So if you if I don't have your state and you're interested, um, you know just shoot me an email or or maybe ask on ASG and I can get you the spreadsheet. It's a pretty sizable spreadsheet. I'm not sure if I can email it. Um, but yeah, I'll try to get that to you. Or maybe just tell me what state you want. And that's a lot easier. But um, I do have it even more granularly than this. I have it down to the county level. So I can show you which plans, and, and not just at the parent level, but down to individual particular plans that you can see their growth rate for uh, this past AEP. So if you wanted to know which plan performed the best in York County, Pennsylvania, um, I, can, I can show you that too. <laughs> so now I'm going to conclude um, with some major industry trends. So kind of as I called out before, you know, in the Medicare Advantage uh, space, the kind of the trends that dominate here are that, that consistent 7% growth the last three years. Um, Another call out I think is, is interesting is the concentration of business among the top 10 players in the MA space. So fully seven in 10 MA members, um, it, well, let's see, the top, the top 10 plans constitute seven of 10 Medicare Advantage members in the country. Uh, so that means that the bottom 288 plans have the other three. <laughs> so you can see there's quite a bit of of uh, consolidate or um, yeah consolidation let's say among the top 10 players in the MA space um, additionally if you look at not just overall membership but if you look at growth rates over the past year uh, the top 10 actually grew by 1.2 million members and the bottom 288 actually lost a hundred thousand members uh, so not only 
Uh, so if it was normal, you would expect, you know, 70% of the growth to have gone to the top 10 and the other 30% to have gone to the bottom 288. But in reality, more than all of the growth net <laughs> went to the top 10 and the bottom 288 actually lost membership. So that's continuing to drive that, um, that, that percentage and concentration uh, of business even higher. CVS Health, uh, Aetna merger uh, closed um, and uh, changes in uh, plan design. So I think there were really three factors uh, that, that um, created a vast improvement in Medicare Advantage benefit value for 2019. Uh, one was the reimbursement gains, so the uh, the final um, the final reimbursement rates that came out uh, in 2019 of three and a half percent. You know that was one factor. That's that's much much bigger than we've seen in the in the prior years. Uh, second is the ACA hit tax holiday, which I talked about earlier as well. And then third was the corporate tax rate reduction. So these these last two factors are are uh, related to for profits and um, related to the taxation of these health plans. So those three factors really led to, I, I believe, that the, the change in the MA plan designs for 2019. And we're gonna see the reimbursement rate uh, in about <clears throat> five weeks, and then we get to see, uh, well, and we, we may see um, an ex tax extender bill that would may possibly change the ACA tax. Of course, we have the same corporate tax rate that we had in, in the prior year. On the PDP side, I think your concentration of business is even greater. So if you look at the top six um, plans, they control 93.4% of the market, so even more than the seven and 10 on the PDP side. Um, most businesses just switching, you know, we talked about uh, between plans, so there was 0% growth uh, for this past year. Uh, one regulatory push, which we haven't seen uh, legislated or regulated yet, but it's a lot talked about a lot, is a price transparency um, push, where um, the PBMs currently um, take the rebates that they get from the pharmaceutical companies and use them to theoretically lower the premium of the PDP plans. So that's kind of all that is incorporated in the actuarial pricing and reflected in the premium of the plan. Um, if we do have uh, rebates, you know, re rebate kind of transparency, uh, where the rebate is given back to the consumer at the point of sale, this is going to lead to higher premiums, but potentially lower copays uh, for brand names. So, um, so kind of a shift in kind of uh, a shift in the in how these plans are built. Um, if we do see rebates at point of sale, then you're going to end up seeing higher uh, PDP premiums because that rebate is now being passed at the, at the counter and is not being used by the PBM to lower the, the premium. Uh, M&A in the uh, PDP space, I did talk earlier about WellCare acquiring the Aetna PDP business and also the Cigna ESI merger. Uh, they both uh, they both occurred in uh, in 2018. Uh, some more PDP trends. Just looking at the deductible, we just got the first look at the 2020 uh, PDP deductible. It's going to increase by a modest, uh, pretty modest uh, $20. I mean, relative to uh, prescription drug prices, right? Uh, so currently, the PDP deductible is 415. It's going to jump to 435 next year. Uh, one thing that most agents aren't aware of, I think, and um, well, certainly consumers aren't aware of, uh, that's good for you to know, is the, uh, there's going to be a massive increase in the true out-of-pocket uh, cost for Medicare Part D, both on the MAPD side and the PDP side. Uh, so the ACA did put a cap on increases to the true out-of-pocket cost, uh, uh, which is uh, kind of like the donut hole, right? I guess the donut hole is the uh, kind of the other way to think about it. Um, so it's going to increase by 24.5% in 2020. 
So the, um, before you get into the catastrophic phase of your prescription drug plan, you're going to have to spend $63.50 in 2020 versus $5,100. So if you do have high utilizers who make it through the donut hole to the catastrophic, they're going to see a $1,250 increase uh, in their out-of-pocket cost before they hit that, um, that catastrophic phase. And kind of because of the design, it's, it's certainly going to hit them in the pocketbook, right? It's going to be uh, almost 100% pass-through to the consumer. So just something to keep in mind. Uh, if you do have customers that are high utilizers, um, they're probably not going to like their quote <laughs> when you give it to them for, for 2020 uh, for their prescription drug cost. But, and that's kind of the reason why, just so you know what's happening there. It's not, uh, not necessarily a massive change. Um, in the plan design, but really a change in the benefit structure um, from a CMS perspective. And finally, kind of getting into um, uh, Medicare supplement trends, we talked a little bit about MACRA. Um, really, currently, we're seeing a great deal of focus on Plan G. Uh, we're kind of curious what this is going to mean uh, for uh, once the MACRA changes take effect um, in the fall of this year, say, September, October timeframe when you might start talking to people who are turning 65 or gaining Medicare eligibility uh, in January. Uh, so will this shift back to Plan F um, because Plan F is not an open enrollment plan? Are we going to see more competitive F rates relative to G or are we going to jump the whole way to N and uh, we'll be and Plan N will be the new the new hot plan that we'll be selling as opposed to Plan G. So those are kind of the things I don't got my crystal ball but uh, you know I think there'll probably would be more F and more N um, is, is kind of my gut feel right now but we'll see how how it plays out and uh, finally uh, to conclude basically the Part B deductible uh, changes we did have a couple years a few years ago where we were seeing some pretty sizable increases to the Part B deductible so in 15 um, it was 147, jumped the whole way up to 166, then the next year it jumped to 183. Um, so those two years we saw big increases, but the past two years we've seen smaller increases. So that's kind of a good trend. We've seen kind of a levelization of the rate of increase of the Part B deductible, um, which, is, uh, which is kind of a good thing for Plan F uh, because Plan F does pay uh, the Part B deductible and kind of um, minimizes the difference from a benefit perspective between F and G. Um, and also, well, F and N too, because N doesn't cover the Part B deductible either. Uh, so just a $2 increase in 2019. So I'm just about at the hour mark, and I've uh, kind of concluded my, uh, my uh, comments. It's been a fantastic year. Um, the agents on this call have really made all this growth possible, all this development of technology and our ability to move into a larger space and expand the employees that serve you. Uh, so we appreciate that. I just wanted to reiterate my thanks to you today uh, for all the hard work that you've done, not just this past AEP, but year round, and your support of our agency to be able to do the things to try to help you grow your practice um, and kind of simplify uh, some of the complexity in the Medicare market. Um, so with that, I'll just highlight that if you do have questions, uh, if you can, you can email or um, also try out the Agent Survival Guide website. So we do have the forum. Uh, it's forum.agentsurvivalguide.com or you can just go to www.agentsurvivalguide.com and maybe we can have a conversation um, using our bulletin boards on that website. So again, thank you for your time, thank you for your attention, and we appreciate your business. Have a great day. That was Craig Ritter with his 2019 State of the Senior Market presentation. If you would like more information, whether it's details on something Craig mentioned in his webinar or more information on the MCMG, upcoming MedSup changes, or compliance concerns, we will have the link to our sales team in the show notes. You can also reach out to the Agent Survival Guide team and we will get you squared away. Thank you so much for listening to this special episode of the ASG podcast. 
If you like what you heard during this episode, or if you'd like to hear more from Craig Ritter, let us know. You can comment on this episode, reach out on social media, or send us an email. We are not a shy bunch. We will definitely answer back. At the end of the day, this is your podcast, and we want to bring you the most useful content we can to help you survive and thrive in this industry. Thanks for listening. We will see you next episode. Bye.